man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hello there, and welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. I am your host, Rob Howe, recording on Tuesday, May the 24th, 2022, a little bit after 10 a.m. Central Time, so man of my word, I put out on Twitter this morning that uh, we'll be recording around 10 a.m. Central Time, and uh, I actually hit the mark. Sometimes uh, I do not do that, but uh, appreciate everybody joining us today for the podcast. Appreciate everybody who sent in questions and comments, and we will get to them shortly. Wanted to thank our sponsors, Wild Rose Casino. Uh, who else do we have? Edward Jones. And in that vein, I would like to let you know that support for this podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa. A list of their services and upcoming events can be found at sui.org. Thank you to Systems Unlimited, Edward Jones, and Wild Rose Casino. You heard the last two uh, on the way coming into the podcast. Hopefully, uh, I've um, honored the request of a few people that said that the, the – uh, the volumes were uneven for the ads, so I try. I'm doing my best to even them out. I am not uh, technically proficient in audio. Um, I got into this business thinking that I would be in newspapers uh, and would not have anything to do with audio or video, and uh, <laughs> that obviously has changed through the years. But I turned 55 here next week, so uh, we'll see how much longer I can keep up with uh, current technology. Um, little uh, slow this time of year for Iowa Hawkeye Athletics. We do have Iowa baseball playing tomorrow, Wednesday, May the 25th, 9 a.m. Central Time on the Big Ten Network. Uh, they will be kicking off the Big Ten tournament against Penn State. 
uh, 9 a.m. Central Time tomorrow from Omaha, Big Ten Network again. Um, and the winner there gets the winner of Rutgers. And somebody who Rutgers plays, I do not have the tournament bracket in front of me. I apologize. But uh, Iowa, last I checked, had an RPI of about 57. Uh, I don't think a loss tomorrow against Penn State would be very good for their chances to get into the regional, the NCAA tournament, basically, field of whatever it is, 64, six, I think it's 64. Maybe they do 68 in baseball, uh, but I think it is 64. I don't think they have a first four uh, in college baseball. <laughs> Maybe they should, and the Hawks could get in that and play in Dayton um, or another location. Coffee sip time. For the other uninitiated first-time listeners, uh, I take coffee sips throughout this as the solo uh, host for this podcast. Uh, I need uh, some energy, and I drink coffee uh, a lot, and uh, so I will take some sips throughout and warn you so you don't just hear dead air uh, when you're listening. So, um, yeah, Iowa baseball, I think beat Penn State, I think you're in pretty good shape. Uh, if Rutgers were to be that second team, um, and of course Iowa could lose to Penn State and then come through the losers bracket and win the whole thing, and then you're in and get the automatic bid. Uh, barring winning the tournament and getting the automatic bid, I think two wins: Penn State, and then hopefully it's Rutgers, which has the second best RPI uh, in the Big Ten. Maryland's like top five RPI, so a win against them in this tournament would get you in. Uh, but I don't know, Iowa probably would not face them uh, until much later in the tournament. But Adam Mazur uh, expected to throw tomorrow morning against Penn State. He had a rough outing last time with the wind blowing out against Indiana on Thursday uh, at Banks Field. An epic 30-16 to 16 Iowa come from behind victory. Um, Kyle Hochstorf uh, was the, I think, a national player of the year. Um, I saw... Um, an email on that yesterday. I think he won. was recognized by an organization as national player of the year, uh, big 10 record, 12 RBIs in that game. So uh, good luck to the Hawkeyes out in home Omaha. It'd be great to see Iowa get into the NCAA tournament again. Uh, I've seen some projections that have it um, going to Notre Dame, going to South Bend, Notre Dame hosting one of the regionals. So um that wouldn't be bad. I think you could get some Iowa fans there, maybe from Chicago and in that part of uh, the country, uh, and maybe get the diehards to travel from Iowa City over to South Bend. So good. best wishes to the Hawkeyes. Uh, Hawkeye football got a, another commitment in its 2023, I almost said 13, 2023 recruiting class for football on Saturday when Harlan's Eden Hall uh, kind of a it's gonna be interesting to see where he plays he could be a safety he could be a linebacker he could be a cash um he's a versatile athlete a really good athlete uh he was the ninth known verbal commitment in iowa's 2023 class so you're thinking about halfway home uh in that class roughly uh class could get to you know low 20s maybe um, there are no limits anymore, new NCAA rules. You can sign as many as you want. So it's going to be interesting landscape with schools trying to get kids out of the transfer portal and signing high school seniors. Um, recruiting is a whole lot different now than it used to be even five years ago. So um, good catch with Aiden Hall. Um, 
and number nine in the 2023 class. Not much news on the basketball front in terms of recruiting in the transfer portal. Uh, haven't heard much coming out of there yet. Um, so that's pretty much it. What's going on right now. The coaches are out on the road, football and basketball, uh, seeing kids, uh, AAU tournaments on the weekends for basketball. Uh, it's an open recruiting period for coaches to be out on the road and meet face to face with these kids. So, uh, it's a, it's an important time. And then next month, uh, you'll have kids coming in on an official visit, uh, Iowa on uh, June the 24th. That weekend is its big recruiting weekend. You'll have official visitors coming in uh, who are already verbally committed. Uh, those nine, um, I'm not sure if all nine will make it in. I haven't checked on that yet. Um, and then some of Iowa's top targets for the 2023 will also be coming in. And it's kind of like a chance to bond and hopefully show the uncommitted kids that they can be a part of something uh, special. Um, that's kind of what they sell. And uh, so end of next month, about a month from now, actually, today is May 24th. Uh, that will be a big weekend and we'll see. Uh, I would expect at least several more commitments to the 2023 class uh, come the end of June. So, and also a lot of um, uh, camps on campus camps for Iowa and other schools, kids come in, kids that, you know, coaches may not be completely sold on yet, or they need to see something in person. Kids come into camp, earn scholarships. Ben Neiman is always one that comes to mind. A kid that came to camp in June, earned a scholarship, you know, now, now he's a Super Bowl champion with the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's that. Um, let's hop into your questions here. I don't want to waste too much more time. I kind of just wanted to preview what was going on or actually review what was going on uh, in terms of um, Iowa athletics, which is, is not a whole lot right now. But we do have questions. So I appreciate you guys giving us some things to talk about. Uh, during a slow time for University of Iowa uh, football and men's basketball. Uh, Drake Timbers jumped in last week after I had recorded my podcast. And again, PSA for those that are new to the podcast, hashtag HF mail. That's hashtag HF mail anytime during the week on Twitter. Shoot me a question, comment. I will go back to where I left off the previous week pick up the new where, where you guys came in since then. And I will address that all the way back to last time I recorded a podcast. So please feel free to do that when you have time during your week, not just when I send out notice on Monday evening. And then again, on Tuesday mornings, uh, Drake Timbers at Drake Timbers on Twitter uh, hopped in last week. Another excellent pod. He says, thank you, Drake. Thank you for listening. Thank you everybody for listening. Any chance for a celebrity guest mailbag? It'd be straight bananas if you got Akram Wadley. Um, <laughs> I could do that. I would tend to think that I would probably have the guests on our Hotspot podcast on Thursdays with Scott Docterman from The Athletic. Uh, but I maybe be able to, maybe able to grab somebody here or there during the summer on this podcast during the slower times uh, when you guys don't have as many questions. Akram would be a great one, and I almost had a podcast with him last year or two years ago, whenever the shit hit the fan, as they say, um, I think it would be tough for him to come on now with pending, pending litigation uh, as part of the lawsuit against Iowa football by his former players charging racism. 
uh, and um, I guess they're suing for uh, emotional damage and, and various things like that. So, um, yeah, it would probably be tough to get him on maybe down the road someday. I would like to do something with him and Darrell Johnson Koulianos I would like to get on. Um, I was doing podcasts last year called uh, Substance Before Style podcast, and they just kind of fell off and I've kind of gotten to a groove of these mailbags on Tuesdays. I, th- I thought initially I might alternate the mailbags and the uh, substance before style podcast. I did ones. I did one with Sean Welsh and um, Tariq Holman and Carl Davis. And I can't remember who else I did. I did several of those last year and they were well received. And maybe I'll talk to Pat Hardy, the owner of Hawk Fanatic, and maybe we can add another podcast in uh, an interview type podcast with former players um, as opposed to bringing them into the the mailbag. But um, yeah, that's a possibility, Drake. I'll uh, keep you guys posted. Uh, AP Hawk at Andy Paul Rules 1, another, like Drake, another frequent contributor to the mailbag podcast on May 20th. So four days ago, Andy says, I'm not calling for his dismissal, but with a line of two and a half, how many more years will Kirk Ferentz be the Iowa football coach? I'm taking the under because I believe that Brian as offensive coordinator is the hill Kirk has chosen to die on. Um, And I don't think Andy is alone in that opinion. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, um, it seems that way. From an outsider's view, I don't know. I, I, I would doubt that, highly doubt that Kirk would say, hey, I'm sticking around until Brian succeeds as offensive coordinator and therefore can transition into being the head coach. I do believe that that is the ultimate goal of Kirk Ferentz, to get Brian to succeed him as head coach at Iowa. I'm sure they would deny that tooth and nail, um, but I believe, <laughs> I truly believe that. Um, and maybe I'm dead wrong. I don't know, but that is my, how I view the situation. Um, it's a good question on the two and a half. I think that's a great number. Uh, I could see this year, next year, and one more year. Um, that's kind of where I'm, you know, 2022, 23, 24, his contract goes through 25, I believe. So there's going to have to be some type of, um, and maybe it's 26, but there's going to have to be some type of contract. Um, Gary Bart is going to have to address the contact contract. So it's not like he's got one year left on his contract, two years left on his contract. That kills you in recruiting. Uh, so they could have a rollover, like a four-year every, uh, you know, once it gets to three years, there's a rollover that adds an extra year to make it four years. I could see that happening. Um I am going to take the over. I'm going to say three more years for Kirk Ferentz, 22, 23, 24. I think that's, uh, that's how long he goes. And that takes him to what? 64 ish, 63, 64, somewhere in there. Um, I think that's right. I I always forget how old Kirk is. Now I got to look this up because I don't want to be an idiot and have it completely wrong. And you guys make more fun of me than you already do. Uh, Kirk was born. Uh, oh, he's 66. Yeah, I'm way off. I'm glad I looked that up. So that would put him at almost 70. Um, and I think at that point, um, with an annual salary of 7 million the next two years, 
I think you take the 21 million right off into the sunset and uh, see how it goes. I think Kirk is very cognizant and interested in in um, repairing his reputation after the uh, program was found to be racially biased uh, with two with an internal report and uh, an external uh, investigation. So that is still I think that still hangs over the program in recruiting. There's no doubt in my mind that it does. Uh, so that's something I think he's trying to repair that image and uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, he's gotten positive feedback from current players at this point uh, and support from from uh, former players. And uh, we'll see where it lands. We'll see at the end of the day how he's viewed, um, you know, as a coach. I think his legacy is still being decided. Um, but that's kind of where I am. Andy, good question, though. Um, I could see it certainly going under that two and a half and being two years. I'm going to take the over at three, uh, but I would not feel comfortable on that bet. I think I just shove a little bit in. Uh, Jake Markham at J Markham 1337, another frequent contributor to the Mailbag podcast, checks in with Mets here to win the World Series. Jake and I are Mets fans. The Mets are doing it somehow uh, as we get towards the end of May. Uh, without its two, uh, without their two best picture, pitchers in Jacob Degrom, who's not pitched this season, uh, and Max Scherzer, who's out probably eight weeks uh, with an injury, uh, oblique, I believe that is. So I think it's going to be hard. Luckily, the Braves are struggling. Luckily, the Phillies have been inconsistent. The Marlins inconsistent. The Nationals are just atrocious. Um, so. Within the division, I think I think the Mets can hang around even with those two out. But to win the World Series, I think they need both Scherzer and DeGrom healthy pitching at their, you know, potential to win a World Series. I think if you have those two guys coming out to start any series, you're going to be, with the exception maybe of the Dodgers uh, and maybe the Brewers, um, and even with the Brewers, I mean, if you get, if you throw Burns and, and Woodruff out there, I, you still take Scherzer and DeGrom at their best. Uh, and I would take Scherzer and DeGrom over the Dodgers. So I think you've got the best one-two in baseball if those guys – and that's a big if, if those guys are healthy and pitching to their potential. Um, my fingers are crossed, Jake, but I also have been uh, disappointed. As I said, I would be 55 – uh, years old next week and disappointed a lot more than I've uh, <laughs> 86 is a long time ago and that was the only time that I remember the Mets winning the World Series because uh, in 69 I was two 73 I was six uh, and I do not recall those um, and my body feels every bit of 55 after planting our vegetable garden the other day uh, the crouching and getting up it was like doing uh, squats and uh, my body has been feeling it the last two days, but uh, I digress. Um, I'm rooting for the Mets, Jake. I hope uh, I hope uh, they can. For my son too. My son was born in 2005. He's he's uh, 17, and and really would like to see the Mets do something at some point. And uh, I think the Mets in '86. I was 19, so kind of be cool if it, within the next few years if. Uh, he could experience what I did at that same age. It was uh, memorable to be, to be sure. Uh, Jake says, uh, if Chris Murray comes back and Iowa roster is set, where do the Hawks finish in the big 10? 
tourney team, coffee sip. I would say yes, a tournament team. Where they finish in the Big Ten is a little bit harder because um, I haven't really familiarized myself with off-season moves by other teams in the conference in terms of grabbing guys out of the transfer portal. I think some Minnesota's got like three or four guys. Nebraska always brings guys in with Fred Hoiberg. Um, Trace Jackson Davis is coming back. Hunter Dickinson's coming back. I think Michigan's probably your favorite. Um, and after that, you know, Michigan state's always in the mix. Um, Illinois will be good again. Um, but I think I was right in that top six again, uh, with Chris Murray coming back. I think that highly of him and his potential. I think Patrick McCaffrey takes a step forward as will Tony Perkins. Uh, Connor McCaffrey is kind of your, your glue guy, your, your guy, your experienced, your captain, your guy that you need. Uh, to solidify that spot. Point guard, we'll see with Aaron Euless, uh and DeSante Bowen, the incoming freshman, how that shakes out. Um, I think um, Peyton Sanford takes a step forward. I don't know what you're going to get out of Josh Dix after his leg injury, um, but you really need that Rabracha, Ogundale, Mulvey, they need to be better inside, better rebounding. They got it towards the end of the year, but that was with Keegan. Um, and I think Chris will help them defensively and as a rebounder if he comes back. Um, but really it would be nice to have a five that can help you against guys like Hunter Dickinson. And, uh, you know, Trace Jackson Davis isn't your typical five, but he's more of a back to the basket, low post guy uh, who's strong that you need somebody to bounce up. It's those are tough matchups for Robracha. So you really hope that a uh, and Mulvey can take steps forward. And then hopefully you're solid at point guard with Bohannon no longer here. So that would be, that would be my view at least this point, Jake at on May the 24th, uh, 2022 months away from the season getting underway. So uh, the Drake Timbers series of questions and observations uh, checked in last night. Should Iowa fan through the lens of NIL re-examine Barta, the incompetent bureaucrat and fundraising sensei? That's Drake's words, not mine. And that was a parenthetical reference to Barta. And his decision to cut four Olympic sports and our Marvel movies propaganda for authoritarian worship. They could be. I am not a Marvel movie fan. I'm not a superhero movie fan. Uh, I liked Black Panther. Um, I'll watch some Batman movies because I was a fan of the Adam West, uh, Burt Ward, uh, Batman and Robin series of the 60s. Uh, that was so campy and fun and funny with Burgess Meredith and all of the uh, uh, Cesar Romero, all the great villains on that show. Um, Love that show. So I'll still watch Batman here and there. And, uh, you know, I'll pick and choose some superhero Marvel-esque type movies. Uh, but I can't really speak with any type of expertise on them because I don't really watch them. So they could very well be propaganda for authoritarian worship. I cannot give you a solid answer on that. Drake then goes on to ask, will Tyrone Tracy shredding Iowa this season ticket Iowa fans confirmation bias? Like how a mess, mess of kissing it. <laughs> so, 
like how a masochist swoons for self-confirming punishment. Uh, that's a little bit of a strong statement there. I don't know if I would go that far. Uh, but Tyrone Tracy, at least from a narrative standpoint, shredding Iowa's defense would not be good um, because it's a show why you, you, you have the question twofold of why couldn't he have been um, utilized that way last year at Iowa? And why isn't Iowa's offense better at utilizing receivers as a whole? And how did we let Tyrone Tracy get away? Those would be the narratives. And I think fair to a degree. Um, I think, you know, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. And to say that Tyrone Tracy hasn't worked his ass off to improve, to be better at Purdue uh, this year than he was at Iowa last year. Um, And it was more than just, Brian Ferentz and Spencer Petras and Alex Padilla and Tyrone Tracy last year. It was the offensive line and running game. That made it much more difficult to throw the ball. So that played into it as well. You know, Jeff Brom is, I hesitate to use the word genius, uh, but he is an offensive savant, somebody who understands how to attack. One of the few schools I know that that's been able to consistently attack Iowa's defense and succeed. Um, Not scared at all of Iowa's ability to turn teams over. They Purdue just keeps coming at Iowa. And I think gets Iowa on its heels a lot, no matter who the quarterbacks are, no matter who the receivers are. Fortunately for Iowa, David Bell is off to the NFL, um, but they have, and I think Milton Wright was suspended for not being academically eligible, maybe. Um, and he was expect he was a four or five star expected to take a step forward this year. But Purdue will have receivers beyond Tyrone Tracy. I'm interested to see how it uses Tyrone Tracy in terms of this spring. Jeff Brown was talking about him being that Swiss Army knife that he's that he expressed on social media last year that created a bit of a shitstorm. Basically him saying, you know, how do you have a Swiss Army knife and not know how to use it? It sounds like Purdue is going to use him that way, Uh, lining him up at running back, lining him up in the slot, lining him up out wide, finding ways to get him the ball in space and letting him make plays with the ball in his hands. Uh, I am intrigued. I want to see how that works for Purdue. Uh, Purdue has a uh, talented quarterback. Uh, I think they lost some key pieces on the offensive line uh, along with David Bell. So it seems like Jeff Brown's always able to figure things out on the offensive side of the ball. It's always Purdue. Can it put together a competitive defense? It's kind of like Iowa can reach its ceiling if it has a competent or slightly above average offense with its defense, it will succeed. Purdue is it's kind of the opposite. If we could have a above at slightly above average to competent defense, its offense is explosive enough to be able to put it in position to win a lot of games. So kind of my thoughts there. Looking forward to seeing Tyrone uh, do well at Purdue. I will be rooting for him wholeheartedly. I uh, really like him as a person in addition to a football player. Drake Timbers finishes up with Big Ten needs two more teams for for four 14 pods with which two does Iowa fan add? Which two are the most likely? Uh, Oregon, USC, Notre Dame, Washington, Colorado, Clemson, the U, Florida State, Kansas, Kansas State, Pitt, West Virginia, North Carolina, 
Boston College, Boise State. Can the NCAA keep Olympic sports if football leaves and basketball stays? I think that will ultimately be the goal, Drake. Um, I don't know what that looks like, and it's such a uh, kind of an involved question you know, relative to where we are right now on this landscape and where I think that there's so much more to be figured out in terms of, as you said, maybe football breaking away from the NCAA. Um, how much can basketball carry the NCAA? How much would football kick into Olympic sports if it were to break away? How much would athletic directors feel, you know, obligation to those coaches they hired to be Olympic coaches, those kids that they sold on their universities to be Olympic sport athletes because they just turn their back on them. And it's the same athletic directors that are involved in the NCAA in terms of basketball, men's basketball, which is a revenue generating sport. So that one is really hard to ask. I would hope so. I would miss Iowa baseball women's basketball, wrestling, all the sports. Whenever I get a chance to get out, even soccer, field hockey, track and field, swimming, I don't get out to those things regularly. But when I do, my me and my family enjoy them a great deal. So, And I think they're good for the university and good for town. But it's all about the money. It's all about the money. And that will determine whether or not they can survive, obviously. So do not have a good answer for you on that. I do not think uh, the big, the, the premise of your question of the Big Ten going to from 14 to 16 and then having basically four four-team divisions, I don't think will happen, at least not for a while. I think Big Ten is interested in staying at 14 and doing away with divisions in football because uh, that's really where it's affected the most. Uh, basketball is playing 20 conference games and you pretty much get to compete with everybody. A lot of the other sports do the same. Uh, I think football is headed towards a divisionless setup, uh, probably in 23, taking the two top teams uh, in the final standings and matching them up in Indianapolis. And I saw that that game will be played in Indianapolis through at least the next two seasons, 23 and 24. Uh, so I think that will be um, – that will be the case with the division, but I will play your reindeer game and say the two that are most likely I'll first eliminate. I'm going to eliminate Oregon, USC, Notre Dame, Washington, Clemson, the Southern, the Southern, the Southeastern uh, Clemson, Miami, Florida state. I, I would take them out. I don't see them coming to the big 10. Um, I mean, there's always the potential there, but I just, I don't see that being you, you're able to I think the Big Ten would probably do it um, just from a exposure standpoint to get into Florida or Clemson I'm not sure those schools would want to make that move uh, obviously Clemson uh, the U and Florida State all in the ACC I would see them skipping over to the SEC before moving to the Big Ten if we go to those super conferences I think they stay down in the SEC. Um, Oregon, USC, Notre Dame, Washington, Colorado. I think Colorado would be the most likely of them, uh, the newest to the Pac-12, and also from a geographical standpoint makes the most sense. Uh, from the Pac-12 schools, 
Um, I don't think Notre Dame, it's been, they haven't done it to this point. Maybe it, you know, maybe Notre Dame's hand is forced, but I can't say it's, it's inevitable. Um, I think it's silly. It's not in the big 10 and it's in the ACC. Uh, but it just seems like a, you know, a pissing match between the big 10 and Notre Dame, uh, and nobody really wants to come together. What would make them a lot of money. If you were to add Notre Dame and USC to rivals, you're taking away, you know, one of the, um, the front porch schools from the PAC 12, and then also taking one of the blue blood, both blue bloods, but the blue blood Midwest program in Notre Dame, along with Ohio state, Notre Dame. If you could add those two and get to 16, you would be doing awesome. I think that would be difficult. Oregon and Washington, depending on what would happen with the PAC 12 would be possibilities, but geographically, that's just going to be really hard. um, You know, from for Rutgers and Penn State, Penn State, Rutgers and Maryland would probably balk at that, depending on what type of money I'm thinking more in that Midwest footprint. Kansas, I think, is a possibility, particularly for basketball. I don't see Kansas State, Pitt, West Virginia, UNC, Boston College or Boise really options at this point, um, just because of history with some of those schools uh, not being overly attractive to the Big Ten and then geographically. Uh, and then academically, some of those schools. So I think uh, your most likely schools would probably be Kansas and maybe Pitt, UNC, possibly. Um, but that would be really hard to take them basketball-wise away from Duke, uh, NC State. I just – that would be hard for them. Maybe BC, Pitt, Kansas. I think those would probably be the most likely Um Potentially, if the Pac-12 were to go under, uh, Oregon, USC, maybe. Um, interesting, though, because it's more than just athletics. It's academics as well, although we all know uh, that the athletics carry a lot of this because of the money that's involved. Uh, D-Lane at Cal Boji, uh, he is a new, he or she is new to the Mailbag podcast. I think it's safe in saying that unless uh, he or she has changed uh, the avatar, but a couple question here from D Lane 16 at Cal Boji on Twitter. Why is Iowa football not looking at the portal for a kicker? I don't know that it's not, and I don't know if it isn't why. I agree with you from what I saw in the spring. That said, we only saw one practice, um, and we'll have to see kind of uh, how the coaches, we may not know how the coaches feel and, and how confident they feel in these two guys, but um, you would think at this point, uh, but we're, we're in college graduations. I would look in the next month, month and a half here, the possibility before camp of bring, you bring a kicker and he doesn't have to go through summer conditioning with you. Hopefully it's somebody, but I looked in there, there's not a whole lot in there and that could be part of the reason as well. But uh, I would hope Iowa at least looked into the portal at, the possibilities at kicker uh, and then fit. And uh, I'm sure, you know, if you're a good kicker and you're in the portal, the demand is pretty high as well. So um, kind of my answer on that um, coffee sip time. That's still pretty warm um, and it tastes good, even though it's going out 11 o'clock, 1043 AM central time, Tuesday, May the 24th. Um, 
Calboji's second question, is Gary Barna the Mark Emmert of athletic directors? I think you could probably have some parallels there. Mark Emmert making the NCAA a whole lot of money. Barna with his hand in raising a lot of funds at the University of Iowa. Um, PR nightmares, both of them. Uh, constantly kind of tripping over their own feet. Uh, Gary's done a lot of good for Iowa. Um, but there are a lot of warts, man, and a lot of storylines and, and stories that unfolded under his watch that are going to be part of his legacy uh, and big parts of his legacy from, the, you know, the racism in the football program to the Jane Meyer, Tracy Griesbaum incident to uh, issue the, the Gary Dolphin issues to um, this NIL stuff to um, you know, you can go down the list. It just seems like it's a comedy of errors. Uh, that's uh, it could be the comedy of error, E R A or error, E R R O R. But uh, either way, uh, I think the reviews will be mixed on Gary uh, when he steps away. Um, but he's stepping away with a whole lot of money, and I'll probably enjoy his retirement. So uh, we'll see when that comes about. Um, He's got some time left, and uh, we'll see if uh, the university allows him to hire a new football coach. Uh, all of that is going to be very interesting, and who he hires could play into a great deal of his legacy. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned on that. I think that could be a very interesting. Uh, Jake Markham is back this morning. His last question was from last night. Uh, his first question in the podcast was from last night, and that's Jay Markham, 13. 37 on Twitter. What the heck is monkeypox? I don't know, but I thought I don't like the sounds of it, Jake. Uh, I kind of read about it a little bit, and I think if you're if you're vaccinated from is it measles that you're okay? I I, I read that far, and I'm like, okay, I don't want to read any more in case there's a what if, but or a but. Um, even if you're vaccinated for uh, measles, you can still catch, you know. Uh, a version of the monkey pox. Um, but I have not, I'm trying to avoid reading about monkey pox. I have anxiety and worry about everything enough uh, that I don't need something else to worry about, but hopefully they, the monkey pox are, are squashed uh, before they can uh, run rampant over the world. Um, I'm still waiting on the killer bees to attack. Have we heard the latest on the killer bees that are supposed to kill us? Um, haven't heard anything on them. We maybe need to do a welfare check on the killer bees. Uh, is Remember the Titans the best football movie? Um, it's a good one. I'm trying to think of my favorite football movie. I'm a big Rudy fan. I know people laugh at that, but uh, just always enjoyed that movie. Um, it's it's kind of Hollywoody, um, and I've heard that you know the regular Rudy was kind of an ass uh, for people that knew him, um, but. The movie's really good. I do like Remember the Titans. I'm not good at these, though. Going back through my mind, I'm trying to think if there were any really good football documentary movies like Hoop Dreams for Basketball. Um, but um, I would say it's right up there, Jake. I would have to think a little bit harder on my favorite football movies. I know Rudy is probably up there and Remember the Titans. I'll, I, usually, uh, I usually will stop on those if I'm flipping around the channels and excuse me, looking for something to watch. Those are movies that I'll, I can dive in at any point. Uh, I liked Wildcats with Goldie Hawn too and Nipsey Russell. Uh, <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that was a good movie. Um, is Bull Durham the best baseball movie? That's incorrect. That's Field of Dreams. Um, for those that know me uh, and, and uh, probably know me a little closer than people on social media. Um, and I, so I, I think I do post these on my Twitter annually. I, I know I have in the past. Uh, since my kids were little, and as I said, my son Alex is 17, uh, we uh, make the pilgrimage up to uh, Dyersville every August when the corn is high uh, and throw the ball around up there. And uh, that just got a special place in my heart. I watched that kind of, uh, not kind of, I watched that and I saw that first when uh, I was living in New Jersey. That's where I grew up, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area. I lived in kind of those tri-state areas there throughout my life bounced around a little bit but uh watched that movie back there and that was kind of my image of iowa uh for somebody who hadn't been there before that and sleeping with the enemy <laughs> so those were kind of my two movies that got me uh gave me my picture of iowa before i moved here um back in 1997 to cover the hawks but uh so those are some of the reasons just kind of I get it. The people that don't like feel the dreams and find it goofy and that's fine. I think, you know, there are other people probably think that way about Rudy too, but that's my number one baseball. I also like, I am a Bull Durham fan, but I also like, uh, the natural, um, trying to think what else, the bad news bears, the original classic. Um, but I like a lot of baseball movies. Um, but feel the dreams at the top of my list. Thanks for checking in again, Jake. DC Hawk, a regular contributor to the Mailbag Podcast here on Hawk Fanatic at DC underscore Hawk 6. Enjoyed your article on Dante Reno. Uh, That is a 2024 quarterback from originally from Massachusetts, now playing prep school in Connecticut. And I wrote a story at another website that I work at. If you know me and check my Twitter profile, you'll be able to find the story that DC is referencing. Uh, this is on Hawk Fanatic, so I won't say the name of the other uh, Hawkeye media entity out of respect for being who pays me for this podcast. Um, but if you look at my Twitter, you'll see the different uh, outlets that I work for. Uh, I'm kind of, I kind of prostitute myself. Actually, I can't find a full-time job. So I, I, use, I work part-time for a bunch of outlets. So, all right. Enjoyed your article on Dante Reno. That, that published this morning, by the way. 247 has him 100% to South Carolina. I know those things don't mean much, but what kind of chance do you give the Hawks? I think it's decent. Um, and you're probably looking at a guy who likely will commit um, – probably sometime in the fall, I would think this year to try to get, you know, get himself, the quarterbacks historically commit earlier than other positions and then try to build the class around them, uh, help to, to, to recruit other members of their classes. Um, I really don't have a feel on this DC. I think he really likes Iowa. I know he said some really good things about him not, being upset about Ken O'Keefe retiring, but I do think not having Ken O'Keefe as the quarterback coach probably hurts Iowa a little bit, at least now, depending on what Brian Ferentz can do to build that relationship with the kid and hopefully connect with him at least on a similar level to what Ken O'Keefe did. Um, But that was a hit. And 
I, I respect Dante for what he said about, you know, Ken O'Keefe in my story in terms of, you know, how he felt about Ken retiring back in February. But I also wonder underneath how he feels about, because uh, that was his connection to Iowa. So now you're kind of rebuilding another connection with Iowa, trying to find, to see if it's a fit for you still. So we'll have to see there. I, I think it's still a little too early to put a percentage on it, but I think Iowa's in the race, if that helps DC. Uh, and we'll see how it runs. Um, there are a lot of schools, South Carolina, he obviously likes. Uh, he's got a lot of good offers. Uh, he's a four-star quarterback. I think Rivals has him as number 15 ranked overall pro-style quarterback uh, in that class, in the 24 class. Uh, and for the uninitiated, 24 means he is finishing up his sophomore year of high school. Uh, so it gives you an idea how much farther he has to go. But uh, appreciate the question, DC. Wish I could give you a more concrete answer to that. Uh, going to do one more drive by here to see if I can find any more questions in the queue that I may have missed. Uh, do not see anything to this point. Check one more area. Nope. I think we got them all this week. Um, appreciate, I appreciate everybody sending in their questions. Everybody who listens to this podcast. I appreciate some people who didn't listen to the podcast but I appreciate you more when you do listen to the podcast. Um, appreciate, I appreciate our sponsors, Wild Rose Casino, Systems Unlimited, and Edward Jones. Thank you for their support. Um, and I appreciate Hawk Fanatic for paying me to do this podcast. Um, thank you, everybody, again, for listening. Thanks for the questions. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. And we, we will be back to talk to you a week from today which will be May the 31st. We're almost in June. Take care, everybody. Peace.